Yeah, they only take what they wanted to. Like vampires. Tearing up the decks and rocking your world. That it's not that deep, bro. It's not that deep, bro. Did you start it? Yeah, some. Okay. <laughs> How you feeling? <laughs> I'm all right. How you feeling? Not too bad. We're currently looking at the <clears throat> no camera this time. No, 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 no. We're just we're just rolling like this. Okay. Um, we're looking currently at the credits 
of the Big Lebowski. The Big Lebowski. Um, me and Martin have just finished watching it. Literally hot off the press. For those of you that don't know, The Big Lebowski is a film that was released in the late 90s by the Coen brothers and is about a man called The Dude who gets wrapped up in a series of events that he didn't plan on getting wrapped up in. Some strange shit, bro. Um, I have seen that film before, but not for a few years. And I must say, I, I've got something different from it than I did on previous viewings. But let's hear it, Martin. You've not seen that film before. No, I haven't. So, what did you make of that? It was really funny. You enjoyed You found yeah, it funny? Yeah, I found it very funny. Just all the characters have some magic. I don't know. Like, it's... It's great filmmaking. Yeah. That's what I think. Um, There's a good story to it. Well, yeah, but it's a bit... Explain the story. Imagine <laughs> you explain it to somebody. Have a go. Have a go. Like that. Um... So, the story is, some guy gets confused. The dude. The dude. Everyone calls him the dude, but his real name is... Jeffrey Lebowski. Jeffrey Lebowski. That's right. And there's another Jeffrey Lebowski in the film who's a lot richer than this. Well, he is the big Lebowski. Lebowski. <laughs> yeah. But he... The main character who's called The Dude, seems to be getting mistaken by these two thugs. And they come into his house and put his head in, in the toilet and kept asking him the, the question, where's the money? Where's the money? But these guys are not very bright. No. Well, basically the whole, prob the whole thing is, is that there's some money. This big Lebowski, a millionaire called Jeffrey Lebowski, runs oh, a charity yeah. called Lebowski's Little Achievers. And that has generated a load of money. Is it? It's called something like that. No, it's... Go on. Urban Underachievers. Urban Under... It's got Lebowski in there somewhere. Does it? Yeah. He says we're very proud of them. No, she says that, his yeah. daughter, at one point, and... She might just be using a colloquial term to refer to the organisation in a fun way, but it's neither here nor there, really. <laughs> um, yeah, he gets wrapped up in this... He A load of money has been generated by a charity that Lebowski owns, and every a series of groups are looking to get their hands on that money, including Lebowski's wife, who is significantly younger than him and obviously only with him for the money. Yep. She's wrapped up in a load of seedy affairs like pornography, um, drugs and just some, some pretty crazy people. And she knows about this money that's been generated by the charity. So she is um, pretending to kidnap herself to attempt to get that money with these pornographers also cashing in on that whole thing. Um, the leader of the pornographers goes by the name of Jackie Treehorn. Yep. But then, also aware of all of this and trying to stop everything, 
is the big Lebowski's daughter who gets in contact with the dude in a more benevolent, amicable way, a nicer way. And she wants... She gets involved because, really, the dude is just worried about this rug that gets peed on at the beginning of the film. <laughs> That's really... This rug. It really tied the place together. <laughs> it did, but... Um, so he steals a rug, and that rug was given to the big Lebowski by um, his daughter, and that's how the daughter gets in touch with um, the dude, because the dude takes that rug initially, and she's like, that rug was not yours to take, or not his to give away. Yeah, because he just wanted to replace the rug. He there. just wanted to replace the rug. Yeah. Um, so all of that's happening. But just watching the film wrap up, that, for people that don't know, that's like the general... Vibe of the whole film. Yeah, that's the situation. The dude has a couple of friends, Walter and Donnie, <laughs> who are like the focal point of the film. Oh my goodness. The dude likes to bowl. Um, yeah. He, he, although he's wrapped up in this very chaotic drama. This is not his normal scene. No. He likes... He just loves to bowl and well, he likes to take kill. It, yeah, he likes to take, take it easy. Take it easy, yeah. He seems to be a liked member of the local community <laughs> amongst the people yeah. that, like, deal with him. Yeah. And he seems to help them with their issues, you know. He's a bit of a shaman. He's a bit of a wandering sort of... He gets mystical. what he needs to get through life. To get through life. Yeah. I also feel Chill. like he helps people as well mm -hmm. in, in subtle little ways. But... They spend a lot of time at this bowling alley. That's like the passion of the group, um, the the three friends. And Walter is played by um, John Goodman. And he's just <laughs> incredible. Why? His temperament makes me laugh so much. <laughs> it just, it's something like, I feel like it's a cartoon. It's the way he acts. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he's triggered by like anything. Anything. Anything Shut he does. Up. Anything he doesn't agree with, he's like, oh, no. Do you remember Vietnam? This thing happened in Vietnam. And you're like, oh, my goodness. But he gets so hyped up. I know my rights, Donnie. <laughs> <laughs> and every time Donnie talks. Well, yeah, that brings us around to Donnie, who's played by Steve Buscemi, who, again, is another character I love. I love that opening scene every time when he does that bowl and he walks over and he's like... I'm killing him tonight. Or something <laughs> yeah. like that. It's a real simple line. And he says it twice. No, no, no. He's, he says it once and then he says it differently. He says it differently time. the second time. Yeah. But then the third time, he, he, he leaves he the pin. And he kind of walks over and it feels weird because you expect him... You've seen him do it twice. Yeah. Um, you expect him to do it a third time, but then that he happens. sits down, which then foreshadows his untimely end. Um, which was very sad. We'll get to that. Um, he stayed quiet. I really think the whole film is about the dude's attitude. That's my conclusion coming to the end of the film. Why did he say that? Well, I think this is maybe my third or fourth time seeing it. And I came to the conclusion that that's just something the dude's wrapped up in. It's all like a whirlwind. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. The dude is the focus of the film and you're like following this <laughs> this dude around. And um, a load of stuff... This is going to sound crazy, but if you watch the film, it does make sense by the end of it. 
you're never really in one place for that long in the film. No. And it's all about the dude just being all right with it all and not letting it, like... Get to him. From the minute his head's put... Like, the minute the film starts, his head's put in a toilet and he's just being, like, messed with the whole film. Mm-hmm. But he remains the dude. Like, yeah. he remains pretty calm. Calm, yeah. He only gets, like, angry. It's really justified when he gets angry. <laughs> like, if you yeah. make the dude angry, you know you're really yeah, fucking... But him. every time he's angry... Is because of Walter's ideas. Yeah. Or his beverage has been spilt or his peace has been interrupted. Yeah. But he's he he keeps a, a calm mind. Calm Even through Yeah. And through. by the end of the film you realise that it's there's a bit when he realizes just towards the end of the film that he's been like overthinking it the whole time. Mm-hmm. And I think this film's actually really I've seen yeah, I've seen it in a different light. It's kind of making fun of like not making fun, but like it's like a take on these like really complicated films. When I first watched this, I thought it was really complicated, like hard to like grasp. Why? Because of how much was going on. How much was going on? All these new characters coming in. It was very fast paced. Um, By the time I got to Maud's art studio, it was like I was lost. I remember the first time watching it, I was like, "What is going on?" And then when he starts tripping at Jackie Treehorn, so I was like, this is mad. <laughs> I was I was quite, maybe like 18, 19 when I first saw it. But coming out of it this time, I realised that it's like really simple. And there's yeah. a bit when he says it yeah. himself. He's like, I've been overthinking this. And that's like the point of the whole film. Chill out, man. Yeah, just chill, bro. Chill. But like, this film is the epitome of it's not that deep. <laughs> I actually think it you is. You think so? I think the deepness of this film is that it's not that deep. That's his whole attitude. It's not that deep, bro. Boom. But the, Chill. It, but it comes off as... Well, did you find it? It is pretty complicated. Like, just... It's tight as fucking the way it's written. But it, it's, a lot happens. I mean... I followed it all. Did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know exactly who... Who, like... Um, what happened, like, who killed, who, well, whose toe it, who it wasn't, and, like... Mm. Yeah, there's toe... I'd... Like, who what, what, who was really the people that was trying to get her? She was self-kidnapped, but then somebody saw that and tried to get him... I think by the end of the film, this is what I mean, it is pretty... It's still, like, did she kidnap herself? She didn't. No, no. Kidnap herself, did she? That's like the whole point. Lebowski wanted her dead from the beginning. Yeah. So he sent her off. She did just disappear randomly. The Nihilists cut her toe off because they knew about this Lebowski money. Yeah. And they sent the toe to the big Lebowski. But it it wasn't... Her, it wasn't Bunny's toe. No, it was somebody else. It was the Nihilists' toe. So that means... Yeah, it's really simple. Yeah, it's a real simple. I, this, I followed it. I know what was going on. That's the first. And then that, then obviously the the daughter of the big Lebowski. Mm. She's just trying to get pregnant. Yeah, she wants a baby. <laughs> that's all, all she wants from this guy, and that's it. And you're like, all oh, these people come to the what? dude for different Why? things. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, it, it's sort of like he didn't have a life before, and then all of a sudden. All this shit just kicked in. A lot was happening in yeah. his life. But then he kind of, when he talks to Maud about his past, he makes it seem like he's lived like... It's mysterious, and the whole point, I think, was like the <clears> beginning <throat> and the ending with the cowboy, and it, 
it is kind of like a legend. The dude. The dude, You're yeah. not meant to know the backstory or the... You know, he says, I hope he made it to the finals. Mm-hmm. That's like a nice... He also said, like, oh, there's a little Lebowski yeah, coming Maud, along. Yeah, Maud's child coming mm-hmm. along. So, and there's never... They've never done it, I don't think, a sequel. I know there's definitely not a sequel to this, but I don't think they've... Imagine if they just waited 20 years and then... What, they did Twin Peaks? Yeah. On it. That would be mad. It's the sort of That'd thing... That would be crazy. I can imagine them doing. This is the same people that made Buster Scruggs. No way! Yeah, but like 20 years ago. Oh, that's sick. Yeah, this is like... They're, they're coming up with some more, aren't they? More, bu- what... more Buster Scruggs? I think so. I really enjoyed... The whole that, yeah, I that love the way that it was presented, like ep- episodes within a film. So yeah, yeah, it's yeah, pretty cool. You can kind of see the <clears throat> the beginning of Buster Scruggs is similar to the cowboy vibe from this, isn't mm-hmm. it? Like, there's parts of their filmmaking that you can see. I forgot about Buster Scruggs actually until just a second ago, and then I thought we watched that together. And, and this is them. They do another film called Fargo that's pretty popular. What's that about? Uh, again, it's about kidnapping and police in Canada. Where? In Canada. In Canada? Yeah, it's a kidnapping that takes place in Canada. And Steve Buscemi, who plays Donnie's in it, um, it's pretty good. I don't think it's as good as this. This is How my favourite film of theirs. Fargo was, I want to say, bef- I think this is 1999, and I think Fargo was 97 could be well off there not well off it'll be a couple of years out mm-hmm. this is definitely like 98 or 99 oh so the other one's older yeah Fargo is before this I think because they had a bit of a run from like the middle of the 90s to the middle of the 2000s I want to say mm-hmm. and then if I recall correctly they made a f- some films in the late 2000s that weren't seen as hotly and then they made Buster Scruggs, and everyone loved that. What did you? What do you think about Walter's attitude? Walter's attitude. Yeah, <laughs> I think he's like a cartoon character. Number one, I think he's a man. <laughs> he's the kind of person. Who, <laughs> I don't know. You end up questioning if he ever went to Vietnam in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> By the end, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, like, is he just like made that up? There's so much shit going on. You're like, Walter, shut he the He reminds fuck me up. of Alex Jones. Alex Jones. Have we never, like, I'm sure we must have spoke about Alex Jones. The dude that goes on Joe Rogan and talks about aliens and interdimensional pedophiles and pig people. We've never no. spoke about Alex Jones. No. You don't even what? know who he is. That's, this is bonkers. I can't believe I think he may have mentioned him, but like, we. We didn't oh, it's see a whole thing. Um, really, he's a, a bit of a minefield to talk about. Oh, is he that really big guy? He, he's big, he's like Walter. Like he, I think, he acts yeah. like Walter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's ginger, kind of reddish hair sort of thing. Yeah. But he's not got much of it. <laughs> My memory's coming back to me. I think I may have seen him. Um, I mean, that's all our car journey on the way home is going to be about now. <laughs> now I've just realised that you, you have no perception. You need to listen. To Joe Rogan, the Joe Rogan episodes that exist with Alex Jones, one of them is like five hours. Like, it's ridiculous. And he's like going on at the same pace throughout the whole thing. 
he, you think I go on? Or like... <laughs> I don't how you go on. Yeah, or what's the correct term? Um, sometimes have a heavy flow of information coming <clears throat> out of my mouth. He is, He's like fibre optic fucking virgin. 5G. Yeah, I'm personal hotspot. <laughs> All right. So he's going pretty quick. He's way ahead of the game. Way ahead of it. In my opinion, he's done some, uh, well, for the record, he's done some absolutely crazy things. He believes everything. Everything. Like, all of it. <laughs> but like what? Um, he's just been doing the conspiracy thing longer than anyone and has been there and has seen... So, I've, spoke, I've told you before about him. Um, there's a place in California called the Bohemian Grove. Yeah, you told me about that. Which yeah. is like a summer camp um, for Republican politicians. Right. Um, and there's some sort of pagan-esque opening ceremony. That's like surface level. There's a lot more of theory around that that people believe. But what 100% is there in the forest in California is this big camp, a large auditorium with a massive like 30-foot stone owl in the middle of it. Um, yeah, you've mentioned that before. Yeah, when they, op- when they all... It's like... Very legitimate place. Like I've seen job been on websites like with job listings. You can get a job there and stuff like that. And um, as a waiter or all sorts of different things. Um, I've seen like presidents talking about it <clears throat> on record. Richard Nixon famously called it like uh, to to f- quote him directly the most faggy place on earth. Um, this was in the nineteen seventies, I believe, and then. Alex Jones was the first person, him and a journalist, a British journalist called John Ronson, um, broke in and filmed... Infiltrated it. Yeah, filmed the opening ceremony where they kind of do this big ritual. Well, it's like a performance of a ritual. Yeah. Like a a show sort of thing. Did they kill anyone? No. Oh, anything? No, but an effigy... A small straw baby on a boat comes down this river and they put it in front of the owl and burn it. And there's like an orchestra and they're all wearing robes. And it's like the closest to like eyes wide shut that you're going to see. And Alex Jones broke in and filmed. It's like an hour long and this was like, I think it was like early 90s. And Alex Jones has been doing the conspiracy thing since like, I want to say he was doing it in the 80s. How old is this guy? He's like Joe Rogan's age. I think he's like 50, in his 50s. He has lost lots of personal gain from being the way that he is. He's also, he's gained a lot. He owns a company called Infowars that have a website and you can buy everything from like, you can buy stuff to like turn your house into a nuclear bunker. It sells like a whole range of different supplements and chemicals. Can I say chemicals? I well, they are chemicals, but like you know what I mean, stuff for your brain to make you think quicker. Yeah, <laughs> water purifiers and all this stuff. And then he just broadcasts. I <clears throat> gar- I will put money on that. Alex Jones is broadcasting live right now. Really, I will put money on it, and he'll be sat behind a desk, shout like shout. <laughs> he is always live. 
is incredible. Um, so this is taking a turn from the movie. Oh yeah, we're just chatting now. Yeah, but the um, but Walter's attitude reminds me of him. Getting back to what you were saying, <laughs> um, in general, just he, he seems like a difficult person to be around. He's got a lot of um, wild ideas. Everything's gonna be a uh, like a conspiracy. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's like the classic veteran military kind of person. Mm-hmm. Like the enemy are coming, <laughs> but he did beat up them three guys. Although he could have done a bit done it better. Yeah, I mean the whole Donnie dying thing is like interesting because it's kind of like <clears throat> did Walter kill Donnie by like stressing him out and getting him involved in that situation? Like the dude was trying to calm that situation down. I think Donnie died because of that pin. He missed No, that he missed pin. the pin, yeah. Well he was obviously having an off day. That's what that was meant to signify. Mm-hmm. It's quite interesting because you're left with the dude and Walter, Walter, and they're quite like juxtaposing devil and angel characters. You know what I mean? The mm-hmm. dude's like all chilled out, and Walter's <laughs> Donny was always in between them, mm-hmm. kind of bringing them both back down from there. They had to focus on Donny, and that like worked. But then it's just the two of them at the end, and they're like bickering and arguing and. It's interesting for a character that isn't really in the film that much, Donnie, he's like the least involved in the whole thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, the whole Lebowski yeah. thing. He, we only really see him at the bowling alley. And every time he talks fucking... And he goes, shut the fuck up, Donnie. Just constantly. Can't say shit. Yeah, he gets a load of shit thrown in and then he's the one that goes. And I can't put my... Th- it's a good film because it ha- it's, like, uh, it's like real life. That's like very like real life. Like you're very involved in this thing and your head's all in on it and then something happens that's out of your control. You know what I mean? That mm-hmm. pulls you out of it like a death or something unexpected. Um, so that's why, in my estimation, we watched... Well, that's why we watched The, the Big Lebowski and that's why, in my estimation, people should watch The Big Lebowski. It's pretty old at this point, but if you've not seen it, and you've listened to all of this and heard us ruin the film and still <laughs> think it's worth <laughs> giving it a watch, I highly recommend it. It's very, it's very, very funny. Because it's just the, the stupid shit that could have been avoided. So much of it. Him jumping out of the car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Suppose he can get shot. That's true. Like the Uzi goes off. Yeah. <laughs> Just hits a car, bro. He's like, it makes Jesus. me laugh that like there's a whole plan and they like agree on it, and then when they meet up, he's got like a whole different plan. <laughs> what was like spent all that time they weren't talking, making coming up plan. with this other plan, <laughs> and he's like already put it in motion. Mm-hmm. Dude gets in the car and he's like, right, we're doing this. This is what's happening. <laughs> this is the real plan. Forget that other shit. Yeah. Um, I forgot about that end scene where they get Donnie all over them. <laughs> That's pretty nice. There's something I nice thought, about I th- that. I thought something was going to happen where it was going to be like 
the dog died, really. Oh. And they threw the ashes. Yeah. No. But then Donnie just came out of nowhere. We're like, what are you guys doing? Like, I thought that's going to be... You wanted that ending. happy ending. Yeah, that happy ending. That's a, yeah, that's what I mean when I say this film's like real life. It's kind of like, deal with it. Mm-hmm. And that again, that's very of the dude's whole... Attitude. Buddha-esque vibe that he's got going on. Good film, yeah. It's, uh, uh, it's a pretty good film. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what do you rate it out of ten? Uh, I was thinking about this when I was watching it because at the time I've always given this film like a five. Just the vibe of it. I could like I told you I watched it the first time, didn't even like get it. Five out of ten. <laughs> no, no, I mean like five out of five. Sorry, uh, I'm saying out of 10. it'd be ten out of ten. Well, the first time I watched it, it was. 10 out of 10, and I didn't even understand what was going on. Now I fully understand what's going on. Actually went down for me a bit. Why? But now we've spoke about it. It's come back up. It's probably like a 10. Well, giving anything a 10 always... This uh, I like dealing 1 to 5, because that doesn't seem too extreme. 5 out of 5 doesn't sound as good as 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10 sounds bloody great. <laughs> <laughs> like, perfect. Like, that sounds crazy. crazy. Yeah, it's like a bloody good bloke made that film. Um, <laughs> and my point is, <laughs> is that when I'm watching a film, my meter for rating a film goes up and down all the time. I'm like, you know what I mean? This is a 3.2, this is a 4.9, this is a 5.7, this is a 1.1. Oh, two, two seconds. It's our good friend Rich coming in there. That's um, right. Technical difficulties. Shout out Sky One. Sky One? On Instagram. Steon. No. I've had this conversation. It's Sky One. Okay. I think. I may have. You think? So you have had this conversation? I have. That's the embarrassing thing. I have had the conversation. And if I have just fucked that up, then um, it's going to look real bad on my part. But anyway. I would have thought it'll be. Because if you thought that it was. Ski on before and you said it and then he didn't correct you then you wouldn't think it would be Sky One. We'll so see. It could be. We'll see. When we leave. Have some faith. When we leave this room. Yeah. Have some faith. Go and Rich. We'll find out. Mm-hmm. So in closing thoughts, Martin, you know, like think about all the other films we've watched and like, I don't know, the point of this whole endeavour, like getting some sort of wider meaning from a film. Um... How do you see this this whole experience? How does it slot in into the episode roster? Uh, humans are bad. Mm. There are some humans that are bad. I think to round that out, this film shows that humans can be like the worst of worst and yeah. the great of great. Yeah. Um, and the middle. And you, everything. You took the words right out of my mouth. Um, it's a bit different to maybe some of the films we watched. Yeah, like The Holy Mountain. Yeah, completely different. But the worst... Same the message, worst, man. I reckon same message. But the worst some fucking trippy bits that got me. Really? Like, well, not got me, got me, but just... It was just like, wow, this is good. Yeah. well, that, This is good. I said that at the beginning, didn't I? That this film could be like seen as like kind of a bit of a dumb comedy but there's parts in it that like completely separate it 
put it in a different bracket sort of thing. And I do like this film. I, that, I, enjoy, I enjoyed it. It mm. made me laugh quite a lot. I had some good moments with it. It's got a good message. Mm-hmm. I think it's good for the suit. I think that's what I'd say. You think so? I think it's good for... But only if you understand it, though. Because if you don't understand... Well, you see, this is the thing, Martin. My temperament... This is the third or fourth time I've watched it, and this is the most fruitful time I've watched it, in my opinion. But some people wouldn't do that with a film. No. Um, I reckon... <laughs> why not? <laughs> Stuff's not going anywhere. Why we literally people treat films like bags of crisps? <laughs> they finish them and they throw them away. They don't think about them again, and they go and buy another bag when they, you know. And I, not that I'm keeping all my crisp packets. That's not <laughs> 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 just at home. It's just a wall full of crisp packets. Like, just find out God, that I one... am fully insane. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, my point is, is going back to a book. Or, if, or just anything you didn't understand. I think makes sense. To try to understand it. Yeah, and so, sometimes you, stuff's ununderstandable, and that's fine. But most of the time, stuff is understandable. Understanding's an interesting thing, isn't it? You need for, <laughs> you need knowledge to understand. Here you go. Here you go again. I'm rambling again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you, rambling again. You need a sarsaparilla. That's right. Uh I like that. Uh, what would you say he he was the commentator? He's the, the narrator. The narrator. Yeah, yeah, the cowboy. The cowboy. Just where have I seen him before? That actor is like in a lot of stuff. The idea of a cowboy that narrates is kind of like a bit of a bit of a, a trope, a, a, a thing. It's a cowboy vibe. Yeah. You know that every time somebody's narrating something, mm. it's a cowboy. It's like uh, in Fallout New Vegas, you can get that gun from the mysterious one, uh, wanderer. Mysterious stranger, sorry. What's it called? I can't remember. It's, I think it's called the mysterious pistol. And every time you pull it out, it's like... <laughs> yeah. It's that sort of vibe, isn't it? Yeah. You know, wandering across the desert. They've got tales. You know a person like that is full of uh, stories. They're considered wise. And I like stories. It's all stories, man. I enjoy stories. Yeah. Um, I think we'll wrap that up on talking about the film. Um, we're going to end things a little bit differently today. How are we going to end them? We're going to end them with a song by our good friend CJ Pandit. Which one? It's up to you. Actually, you can choose, Martin. Which one would you like? Um, talk, talk, talk. You've named the only one I don't have. I asked him to send me three songs today, and he has four singles that are out, and you've picked the one. <laughs> I've got eventually Carolou and Digital Love. <laughs> Digital Love, then. Okay, so... um. Yeah, we're going to end the show today by playing the song Digital Love by our 24-7 Studios uh, alumni, CJ Pandit. He released this song the earlier. The Joker. The Joker. The Joker. I've never heard you call him that. <laughs> He's going to be called that when he plays me at ping pong next. CJ has absolutely slapped me at ping pong every time I've played him. And he doesn't even look like he cares. He, he, 
<laughs> That's because he's the Joker, bro. He's he's gonna be joking around soon. Once I get my hands on him, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know about that. We'll see. But what I do know, I've been is, training, is that it's not that deep. It's not that deep, bro. Um, thank you for listening. As always, check us out on all the social medias, M-I-P-L-T-D. That's where you can find us. The Mystery School on Reddit. Check that out. Give us a follow. Anything to say, Martin? Come on. Words of wisdom for the people. Look at me. Hey, that's, hey, that's something, something everyone, 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 everyone.